In September of 2020, I caught up with Connor Mason, vocalist of one of my favorite bands, Nothing But Thieves, for an interview on the band's evolution, Connor's vocal techniques, and the creative process for their new album, Moral Panic. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. Hi, this is Connor from Nothing But Thieves, and I'm hanging out with Rob on Front Row Life. All right, Connor, what's up, dude? Uh, I am excited to be talking to you because I've been a fan of the band for quite some time now. Um, and I'm really excited for this upcoming album because I feel like that for this third record, you guys are challenging yourselves even more with the creative process and kind of like forgetting about boundaries, forgetting about um, like formats or way of writing and just doing what, you know, what naturally comes to your minds. Um, you know, let's talk about the creative process for this upcoming third record and how different has it been from your first two albums? Yeah, I think when we did the first album, we, um, I think being young and not really knowing ourselves as writers, we just, we were just doing whatever, you know, and just trying to figure it out as we went. And then we went to do the second record and we had all the <laughs> completely eclectic palette of songs to kind of reference. And we were like, okay, so what is nothing but thieves? And there was always a thing in, in like the first album kind of, uh, critics and write-ups was like, you know, what is nothing but thieves? Um, and I think we just decided then that instead of trying to write the same stuff, we just would do what we wanted again. So the second album again was just an experiment, just pulling different musical tastes in, you know, and just see what happens. And then the second album did fairly well. Um, and then, yeah, so the third album was like, was, we didn't even think about it. We we're like, yeah, we have the creative licensee now, I think, to do what we want, um, which is great. So we just went, if anything, we went, we pushed the boundaries too far and we'd like be like, oh, okay, we have to rein it in a little bit. Um, but it was fun, you know, it's what, it's what we like to do. And I think it comes from just having the three of us, right, it's a Dom Joe and myself. And I think we just have such different tastes and styles and what we do as writers, you know, just as people. Um, so it just leads to, yeah, this kind of explosion of, of different songs with, different styles within them. It's, they're always like songs within songs within songs, uh, which is great because it just keeps it fresh. And end of the day, we just never, we never write for anyone else. You know, we just do, we do it for ourselves and, um, and what, what makes us tick. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I'm glad. It's cool because you do, you do hear this on, I mean, at least on the music that you've released so far, um, you kind of feel like there's different, um, styles of music being pulled from each one of you uh, to create these songs. Um, so far for me, uh, a favorite for this upcoming album has been Unperson because I feel it's such a, it's, first of all, it's a song that you kind of have to listen to, like you have to crank the volume up. You can't listen to it quietly. And it's just like, it makes you just want to like basically rock out in a sense. And it gives me, in parts, it gives me this kind of like um, industrial kind of vibe um, mm. with some of the music um, mm. but like as far as like kind of challenging specifically yourself with with the songwriting um, you mentioned earlier you're you're there's no boundaries and you guys are might be doing too much but like how did you challenge yourself with the writing process on this album so I think it was after the second record we were I remember explicitly um, we were in Australia and I went on a walk with Dom uh, you know basically in-house producer he's awesome um and he said 
he said, I think um, our melodies could be way better. And I remember not being offended, but being like, oh, really? <laughs> um, and then I got home and I was like, damn, yeah, he was right. Because he just started working with all of these um, hip hop and pop producers. Because, um, you know, he's great. He's a great producer. And, and I thought, yeah, and I'm so, obs so obsessed with hip hop and pop and all pop and R&B. I've always have been. That I thought, why am I not thinking about incorporating this? So I just kind of went on a study binge and just immersed myself with everything that I'd ever listened to, but studied it this time around instead of just listening to it, which is obviously great. Um, but just, yeah, like rhythmical cadences, um, chord structures, and just things I'd never thought about before. So I'm glad that he said that. And I'm not sitting, not trying to, take the credit for the songs at all because we all did we all studied and worked hard at making them better um but yeah like i'm just so heavily influenced by rap and r&b um rhythmically that i think it's just it has made the songs more interesting and and you know in turn catchier that's never like the outset never like we need to write everything catchy it's just it just comes from wanting to make things interesting to our own ears and what i like and what we like and what's interesting um so that was a huge influence on this record and it's kind of like lathered all over it, even if subtly, even in the production at times, Dom is from his hip hop and pop producing and it's definitely pulled in sounds and beats and stuff that we would have never used the last two albums at all. And that's great, it's just a progression. It's just us performing and transforming as artists. And yeah, I think that's what, that's what I'd summarize it as in terms of the development. As far as like you mentioning, um, you know, kind of like doing research and, and kind of figuring out new chord structures and such like do you feel on this album the bpm also had a drastic change um was that something that kind of changed around um these songs and if it did like did that change the way that you kind of write your lyrics um i don't know if the bpm was um premeditated i think that it, it just it's just per song per per whatever but i wouldn't say that I even that wouldn't have an influence on on lyrics either, I think that <clears throat> it's like a holistic thing. It's, it's, it, it's a mood, it's a color. And then that shapes as you, as you write in a way, it's like, say, okay, a song like Before We Drift Away on the record. I don't know when this interview is coming out, by the way. When is it coming out? <laughs> Up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> cool, all right, I'll just talk about it like it's out, like the album's out, it's fine. Okay, no, sounds so, good. Yeah, Before We Drift Away was, um, it just, just simply started as a melody, had this kind of Tom Yorkie melody in my head and that feeling wanted to be somber and sad. And then Dom creates this moody pad around it. And then the lyrics come later with, with, in this instance with how you fit it. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes you could start with a lyric and then fit the mood around that or start with the music. But basically what I'm trying to say is that it has to work holistically together and almost at the same time, you have to kind of have an idea. If you haven't written it yet, it'll be like, okay, where we would like to take this eventually because of the, what the lyrical content is or, or where we want to take the lyrical content because of where the mood is and where the melody is and where my voice sits, you know? So it, it kind of has to come in a way, I guess this is advice for writers and stuff. It, it, it's all got to feel in sync with, with one another. So like the music, the melody and the lyric has to work together. And I find, we find that 
it's doing it bit by bit as we go on the song in the day in the moment like kind of presently that is that's when the best creations come i think when you when you hash at things it can become quite diluted um yeah and like you mentioned um that dom has been doing the production so is he the official like producer for this album um and like if so like you guys in the you know your debut album you worked with uh julian emery your sophomore mm -hmm. you worked with mike crossy so it's like two different producers that you guys had experiences with um yeah so how did you know each one of them kind of impact the way that one you guys kind of record or, mm -hmm. or think about the creative process in the studio and two like the way that kind of dom took you know mm -hmm. took you know, uh, like had you guys work in the studio as well like yeah, no, that's a great question. That's like not a commonly asked question. Um, yeah, the first album wise, so Julian was just, he, Julian for me is almost like everything. He's like my, he, him and Jim Irvin, who we did the record with, are like the, the founding fathers of Nothing But Thieves, where let, I'll put it in a really, you know, um, broad brushstroke, but we were just musicians, really, like talent at what we did I think um, but they were just like okay how do we sculpt a sound and around my it was basically around my voice and what could work in terms of alt rock and pop around my voice so they are so influential to me in finding nothing but thieves and finding myself even singing wise I don't think I even sang falsetto much before the first record which is now on everything all the time it was an experiment on a song called Excuse Me, which is the very first song we kind of produced up. And they were just like, well, why don't you just take that line up the octave? And I was like, um, all right. I never thought about it. So I just did the high falsetto and I was like, whoa, okay, crap. Yeah, let's do this from now on, on everything. <laughs> so yeah, um, so I learned, we learned so much completely. And Dom learned so much. Dom was already into producing early on. He just, like when we first did a band, even before it was nothing but these, Dom and I would write together and he'd have like a little eight track and it was crap and almost like so bulky but he would get his head into that and how it worked and balance and stuff and obviously like at the time it would sound like shit but it was um it was great you know he's always interested in like capturing sound um and then yeah mike crossy i think just blew his mind it blew all of our minds we hadn't the recording process for album one was so bitty it was like over almost, over almost two and a half years of like, okay, where can we record this here? Let's do this here. Maybe we have to change that in another place. Whereas this was our first, Broken Machine was our first recording experience where we were just in a you know, studio for like seven weeks. We had the songs written and we just were with this ridiculous producer, Mike Crossy. And the experience was unreal. Yeah, that what we learned, just, yeah, it's unobtainable again. He, um, he taught us so much. And even in performance wise, just let me be so, so creatively me with my vocals and didn't, didn't put his producer hat on them when we just kind of label my voice with different shades and be like, oh, can you try this? Can you try the Nina voice or try the Jeff voice or try that? And just like pick things and be like, try that instead of like, he, yeah, I don't know. He just let me, let me do what I wanted. And it was great. And I loved that because I've always, I've always wanted to like fully express that. Um, and yeah, so Dom learned so much from Mike. And then since then just progressed as a producer, started working with other bands, started working with pop artists and hip hop things. And then, so he's not the official producer on this latest record, he, but he did a lot of it, like 
so much of his sounds are on this record. So I think he's got a co-producing point or like a, the title on it. I believe that he works that all out with my managers and stuff. It's, it's not one of my business, uh, really. But um, yeah, I'm proud of him though. Like the sounds he makes and, and the ideas he's brought and the, um, that, that, have, that Mike Crossy was like, yeah, this is great. I don't, why would I change this? We'll just run it through my desk, you know? And it's, it just sounds amazing. So yeah, I think he, he's, um, I don't want to inflate his ego too much. He probably won't watch this interview, but like, you know, he's, he's done really well for himself and really well for us and I'm proud of him, you know? It's good. And you know, maybe the next record, We'll be self. We'll we'll self produce some stuff, even if it's an EP or whatnot. We'll, we'll see. And how does that change the dynamics in the studio with you guys? Uh, you know, is he able to, or is there a difference between Dom, the guitarist, keyboard player of Nothing But Thieves, and then Dom, the producer, or is it the same person throughout the entire time? That's interesting. I never thought about that. Um, yeah, I mean, our environment in the studio is great. Like, it's like he's not putting an iron, you know, fist on everything, he, you know, he, he's still so open to stuff and he, he likes other opinions, even with production. I can't articulate it. I like have my own production set up, but it's really basic and it's more for just songwriting and this and that. But I'll just think about things from, from my ear. Um, but he's always up, up for listening, to, you know, and, and like, and other people's opinions. So it's not, I'd, I'd hate it. And I, I pro- pretty much probably wouldn't allow it. None of us would if he was just like, no, it's this way and that's it. <laughs> you know, we're friends first. And, you know, he respects us as writers and respects myself and Joe's opinion. Um, so, yeah, the dynamic's good. It's very free-flowing and creative. And even with... So, obviously, Don would come up with so many of the musical ideas just from him noodling with production. But if I brought in, say, something as simple as a piano line, because it's because it's about the melody of the line. He'd just be like, yeah, great. Let me, yeah, let me do, what can I do with that? Let me see if I can spice it up. You know, so we're all, it's, there's no control. And I like that. We're very free flowing in terms of we create stuff. I like that you mentioned that on the first record, Julian kind of uh, like found a way to work around your voice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, when people listen to, to music, once your music comes up, like your falsetto is kind of, like that's you that that's it's easy to tell it's nothing but thieves so like you know what was that like artist development process for you like kind of discovering that falsetto and like interestingly enough it was just like you tested it out with excuse me and you know now it's like all we hear yeah i mean it was it just happened i can't it's not even like it you know it was a big thing it i just had always belted as a kid and could do any run that I put my mind to. And that was really impressive to me when I was younger, when I was like 10 to like 13. Impressive to any 10 year old to 13. (laughs) And then I just discovered Tom York and Jeff Buckley. And this was, this was later in my teens, you know, like really like, like 18, 19. And then we started doing the band and then we met Julian and stuff. And I hadn't really divulged into my falsetto at all. So I guess I'd always wanted to try it. I did bits and bobs, but I, I didn't know. I don't know. I just didn't um, care enough about it. And I thought that it should be all about the power of my voice and the runs and stuff. And then I just, just it's like a light bulb came on and I was like, oh, actually, this is, this is unique. This is different. And now I fell 
hardly like I felt madly in love with Jeff Buckley and I just was like oh, okay this yeah. is exactly this is it like this is it for life and it will never change it'll always be my you know that will always be my my voice now with with falsetto being a really huge thing but the main thing is not even about the technique at all it's nothing to do with belting runs or falsetto it's I've what I've learned is that every time I sing whatever it is I'm singing I, I have to sing from the soul. I have to sing from a place. And I really put myself emotionally through it, when, whatever I'm singing, whether it's something angry or something uplifting and pos- like with, you know, with possibility and hope or something, you know, obviously sad um, and dark. I'll always try and find a place to sing it from and use whatever emotion I'm having during the day. So recording for me and then also singing live is everything to me it's my it's my therapy it's my it's cathartic it's my release um and i'd like to think that maybe the one one tipping point in terms of my voice and i'm the least egotistical person about my voice i would never i would never sit and brag about it like i'm quietly confident about it but i do think when you hear an artist or a voice you connect with it's because you are you're not even connecting with their voice you're connecting with their soul and where it comes mm. from, I think. And that's what I try and... I really like that. That's what I try and do. Mm. And, and in saying that, like, how are you able to, you know, when you, when you, when you touch on a, to- on a topic that's so personal, so sad, like uh, vulnerability, like how are you able to be so vulnerable, you know, with, with the recording process and like still manage to control that voice or that falsetto instead of kind of, you know, being so in the moment that it makes you want to like uh, get emotional with it Mm, that's a good question i don't think there's a right answer to it it's like hit and miss you know like i've definitely been on stage before and because when i sing it's my release um it's been on the edge you know been on the edge of of it (laughs) either uncontrollable or like all right, you need to rein it in a bit, like emotionally. And I think this record especially will be really interesting for me. There's a few songs in there, like I said, when I was recording that I proper put myself into that. I'm very, I haven't yet, I haven't yet to sing them live. So I'm very interested to see what happens. And if I can, there's actually a certain song on the record that I'm like a bit unable to listen to just because I, when I was recording it, I didn't realize I was in a certain place and kind of use that as an experiment to get it out. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a tricky one for me to listen to. So I'm interested to see what happens when I sing it. Um, but yeah, it's a cool question. I don't think no one's really asked that, but I think most people, artists on stage, well, especially, I know a few friends wise, um, it's always that balance of like, open up your wounds every single time you play and sing, you know, yeah. it is. And do you, those wounds ever change? Like the more you play the song or like depending on where you're performing it, whether it's a small show uh, or like an arena, like. Yeah. Yes. And no, I, I think it just depends on how you are in your day in a way, you know, it's like, I've, you can definitely do like, I do so many shows a year. Well, I used to, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that obviously there'll be loads of shows that you, you know, that you just, uh, you just in a, in a vibe and it's you don't have to like completely emotionally let it out so it's just yeah it's um i think you pick your battles maybe and if it is a tough day or a sad day 
I think I always will go on the on the side of this is your chance to let it out. You know, this is great. And it's, you know, you really connect with it. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. Like you can't do it every day because you just be a mess. So yeah, just <laughs> you have to, um, you know, keep, keep a lid on it. Some shows, but that's not, it's okay. It's cool. <laughs> Those three songs that you mentioned that kind of like you can't really listen to yet. Um, do you feel though that was like the biggest challenge for you in the recording process or in this album as a whole? Mm, I think I've really, this record, consciously used the recording process as therapy. And I'd never done that before. Really? Yeah, ever. I just thought, I was like, we have the songs, great. Bank them, let's record and make, some, make this album sound amazing. And then this record, oh yeah, I mean, without getting too into it and too personal, it's just like, yeah, I just was going through some personal issues and um and i was like well this you know this is this is the time to do it so each song is obviously has different topics and there's a lot of political stuff and but i'm what i'm saying is like even with that like it was such a great opportunity to just let everything out you know and there's like this song called individual which is so heavy and it's like rage against machine meets queens of stone age meets Eternal Life by Jeff Buckley. It's nuts. Um, and that was great. Like, you know, <laughs> past resentments as well. Like, just like, come on, let's go. And just let, oh, it's great. So I let loose. But I really consciously this time was like, I don't want to sing anything technical or like how it should sound, you know, to get a great take. I want to sing everything from, from a place. Yeah, from a, from a place of emotion whatever that emotion is. I just think I really wanted to convey that. And I hope I did. We'll see. See if people like it. You never know. I think so far, so good. It's been all I right. mean, so far, so good, man. Um, no complaints <laughs> whatsoever. But, um, you know, I've, in the past, I've had, you know, artists say how, like, you know, obviously the debut album is always, like, the most difficult album to create because it's, like, you're trying to introduce yourself to the world. So, you know, people take their time on it. But I've also heard that the third album is also a difficult album because mm. by that time you have to like know who you are as a band and you yeah. know, know what the band is all about. But it kind of seems like you guys are kind of rediscovering yourselves on this third record. Um, is that mm. something that you guys feel is, is kind of happening as, as you guys are working or as you guys were working on this album? Yeah, I think that's great. I think the, when it came to the first album, I don't think we took anything seriously. It, it was like as in because we just didn't know what was going to happen we didn't know we were just having a great time and just yeah. very young and in a band that we could record stuff it was awesome like play it live it was like we didn't take anything seriously and didn't think how it would take off with radio and with you know playlists and all sort of stuff it just it did its own thing so the, the third album yeah was the pressure album the second album wasn't it was like great we're on a good good run let's just keep writing and keep the pace up um, it probably did destroy us a bit, you know, it was, the album was, you know, quite a lot about uh, a mental health demise. So it definitely was reflective um, of actually what we're going through. But the third record was definitely, yeah, it's tougher, where we, we burnt ourselves out touring on the second album, that we just needed time away from each other and time, just time away from music. So when you come back into it and you're out of the flow, I guess I kind of feel like, writing and being creative is like being on a on a wheel a little bit like 
just keep keep going even if it's little by little and something great will come out even if you have you know have pauses it, it will find itself but we were like off for a while so yeah the first kind of like six of writing was just not very good um and it took a while to get in a rhythm but because like i said to you before because we've had like creative leniency we can do what we want we didn't worry about the sound or the songs we just went out to do what we do best which is to expect the unexpected you know just to do what we wanted to do and see what happened and eventually a year and a half later we had an album worth of materials uh, of material um so yeah it was definitely tough at the start but we we got there That's, i think some of our best songwriting has been on this record as well so it does, yeah i think most bands go through a block i think we're on a really good flow now like weirdly because this record's just done and we, we're in just writing and feeling really creative and yeah i feel like amazing where i feel, I feel like i've written like 20 ideas whether it's for oh. nothing but thieves or this or something else like a different project or just um just general writing just general fun i feel like it's been a really good time to be creative sometimes i think the kind of weird tense like feeling in the air can lead you to be quite creative you know yeah, I feel like at the same time, you guys have been nonstop since since the debut album dropped. I feel like your audience, your fans just kind of like instantly fell in love with the band and has kind of like, you know, impacted the way that you guys are just always busy. Um, so I feel like this time is yeah. kind of nice to kind of just relax before. Yeah, you know, I'm sure once this record is out and once the tour happens, like I'm sure it's going to be back to full cycle all over again. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed the 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 kind of downtime and 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 living a little bit stoically, like you know, quite doing as little as possible. Sometimes is really good for the soul, and you can be. I think you can be more creative from places of of silence. Um, I've definitely found that the last six months. Like I've been way more creative from from letting it come rather than um, forcing it. And I think that's when you get your blocks when you're like, we have to write, we have to do this. So this is why the been kind of good in terms of, of of writing with us where well up until now i think there's gonna be a new uk <laughs> that's what i heard uh, yeah man i think it, the announcement was like now or tonight or something well, i'll check it out in a bit but um um we've been writing together it's been great just for fun just for something to do um probably we'll have another album at some point <laughs> <laughs> um which is great um but oh, I've lost my train of thought there. But yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, because we've had no pressure, we've written some really good stuff recently, which I, I mean, I probably shouldn't say in interviews because it would just get the most rabid fans really be like, oh, when's that coming out? And it won't be for a very long time. <laughs> so shit. Um, but no, it's just, it has been good in terms of being creative. Um, and then we'll be just so ready to go on tour. I already am. I already feel like I'm, I'm, I'm raging to go. I'm excited to play and, yeah, just to see the world again. I'm not used to being in a, you know, in a in in a small space for a long time, you know, and and not travelling, and I, I love that. It's my favourite part of my job, you know, seeing the world. With these eleven tracks, what really kickstarted the idea of of moral panic? Was it a specific like lyric that you wrote? Was mm. it a specific melody that kind of Dom brought to your attention? Um, was it a specific song that you guys kind of created out of like every other piece of music that you guys have done? Like what was the initial, like what, what made you guys say like, you know what, this is album three. Yeah. Moral Panic. It was, it was, um, 
it was a song that we'd written. So this was way before all of this. Anyway, we had obviously had all the songs written before last November or October when we recorded them in America. Um, and yeah, Moral Panic was one of the songs. And I said to the guys, we were rehearsing for something or other. And I said, what if this was the, the album title? It kind of encompasses and summarizes everything so well. And it's also quite a nice little sound bite. Sometimes it's nice to have something so easy as an album title. Um, yeah, and it just kind of summarized everything. You know, all, all the lunacy, all of the, um, you know, everyone is, everyone is in that kind of fear of one missing out on everything that's going on and this overriding feeling that everyone has to be involved with everything, whether it is like the blame game or the praise game. And I think Moral Panic just summarized that really well for us. Um, yeah, and it, it, yeah, so it, it wasn't anything overwrought or from a lyric or that. It was from, it was from a song. It just, yeah, I really thought it stuck well and I'm glad we chose it. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Well, congratulations uh, with Moral Panic. Um, I feel like this album is going to be definitely a favorite for, for the fans. Um, and, you know, I love that you guys continue to challenge yourselves within each record. I feel like it, it's not the same sound, whether it's, you know, a new album or whether it's a new song. So definitely appreciate that about you guys. And um, again, Thanks, Connor, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Cheers, dude. Thanks so much. Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more. And I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.